Welcome to the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast, where we are exploring the crossroads of two hot topics, digitalization and diversity. My name is Adya and I am your host. Welcome back to the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast. Today I have the pleasure to record an episode with one of my closest friends, Ilse Alejo. Ilse is from Mexico and now lives in California. She's a software engineer currently working at Facebook, but before that she had her own company in Mexico where she developed software for companies, mostly MVPs for entrepreneurs. She is passionate about traveling and enjoys reading. Ilse, I'm excited to have you on the show. I know your story quite well, but can you elaborate on your background and your early career for the listeners? Yeah, thanks Adia for having me. I'm so happy to be here. As you mentioned, before working at Facebook, I was the owner of my company and I started that actually very early for coming out of university. So like probably one year and a half before that. And my university had really this focus on like creating businesses and all of that. So on top of like engineering, we were also taught like about business classes and business things. And I was very motivated because I wanted to help the economy like in Mexico. So I was thinking that many businesses in Mexico didn't have like a tech like background and they were like falling behind. So yeah, that was like one thing that motivated me to start the company. That's a very inspiring journey. I mean, you did start your business at a very young age. So where did you get that confidence to start like your own business at such a young age? When I know that, I mean, when I was at university, I was so confused regarding all different career choices. Of course, I took the more traditional route of going for like higher education immediately and then also going into a corporate career. But at that point in your life, how did you decide against going a traditional corporate career, but rather starting something of your own? I think I didn't know like traditional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like uh, in my family, women, especially, they had always had like their own business. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother, she was like the owner of like a construction company. And my great grandmother also, she had like a small restaurant. So yeah. I have always seen them having yeah. like their own business and not pursuing like the traditional path. And they were always very supportive on that. Yeah. So I felt like very confident in that way. And also like I had other two business partners and they were like feeling the same. So also their families were very supporting on on that. So I think it all aligned. Yeah, I find your story very, very fascinating. And I want to talk a bit about challenges. So in my career, I've had different kinds of challenges, but a lot of challenges which had to just do with being in the corporate sector and understanding how to climb up the ladder on the corporate sector and how to progress and which functions and business areas to focus at. So I want to understand, were there any particular challenges which you have had to face along the way, especially being a woman of color? Yeah, I think a lot of, or it happened like very often that I wasn't taught as like the owner of leader of the company. So Mm -hmm. like when we were like in meetings with clients, when Mm -hmm. they look at me, sometimes they 
thought of me like as an assistant mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> or like I always needed like validation from like my male business partner. So I was saying something yeah. and then they were looking at them like for confirmation, like is what I was saying was right. So yeah. that was very challenging. And I, I don't know if it has happened to you, but like, it's also very tiring, right? To always need confirmation on like, yeah. or validation on your ideas. Yeah. But it didn't happen all the time. I mean, it mostly happened with like probably older people. I felt that with my younger clients, I was, they trusted me. Like, even though like I'm a woman, I felt like they still trusted me. But yeah, sometimes it was very difficult. And for some clients, like I didn't even try. Like I just, yeah. I, I thought it was better for my male business partners to live <laughs> that way. In <laughs> that way, yeah. Yeah, I know I can I can relate in different contexts, but with a similar feeling. So I can quite relate to these instances where sometimes you also wonder why it is so and where does it come from? And I mean, both you and me, we did start our careers kind of in tech. We also studied technology related subjects. But today I do feel that women are underrepresented in a growing digital economy. And I think that comes from a lot of girls and women not pursuing just careers in tech or going into STEM-related fields. So what factors do you think discourage women and young girls from a career in tech? I think that representation. So when I was in university, there were only like two other girls in the whole like career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was very shocking when I joined it was very difficult for me. I felt like very isolated because I also yeah. feel like the, sometimes the, the type of people that study tech is yeah. very passionate about tech from an early age. Yes. <laughs> so I, <laughs> and I wasn't, I didn't fit that profile. I don't know if more women fit that profile, but they already knew like a lot of stuff about tech that I didn't know. Yeah. The first thing was very challenging in that sense. Also, because like, For instance, professors were skipping topics and so on because like most of the people (laughs) already knew them. And I was I was shy to say like, yeah, I don't know that. Can you explain? So, yeah. But in reality, I think that there are more women in tech, not so many as we wish, but there are more. And I think we can reach out to them for advice (laughs) and mentoring and all of that. But yeah, I think that that is one big factor. And another big factor, I think, is that sometimes when I was asking like other people, like friends that didn't went into tech, Mm -hmm. why? Because they were good like at math and all of that, right? But they were pursuing business majors. Sometimes they thought that women in tech weren't like, feminine you know like an stereotype that there is like they were afraid they weren't going to be considered feminine enough yeah no and I think it is a it is a perception which has stayed I can remember when I was also going into an engineering field right there was always a perception that engineering is for nerds and then at some point it became trendy to be a nerd and everybody wanted to be like a cool nerd and then kind of the perception changed from 
being a nerd as not being seen as somebody who was really an introvert in front of the laptop the whole time playing a lot of video games towards also being somebody who is like very passionate about technology and also digitalization and is super smart can really learn any new digital tool and i think the trend is going a bit in that direction and i do feel that still technology and being tech savvy is something which is associated more with the young generation mm-hmm. but i do think that it is important that opportunities in the digital and the tech sector are open also for older people and now i have moved into the consulting sector so i have an outside view on this but since you are very much integrated into the tech sector and also working for one of the biggest tech companies i want to understand from you how diverse is the tech sector when it comes to the diversity of age i think it's very young <laughs> so most of engineers and people in tech are very young and i honestly think that there is not enough being done to include older people when i see like all the things that are like diversity wise we always think like about women people from other countries and all of that but it's yeah. not like a I don't think it's like a topic that is being talked about a lot. Yeah. And I honestly think that so I know people that studied engineering like computer programming things in the past so they know how to program with like Fortran and all of that. Yeah. And they are not doing like software engineering now. They have like other roles like higher like CEO or like C level roles in like companies in Mexico but the ones that don't have those roles and want to pursue like a career like in software engineering like similar to what I do yeah. I think they can make that jump but there is like this gap right this huge gap that went move very fast between Fortran and the code that we do today that is not being like addressed like as in trainings for them yeah yeah and i think age discrimination is a topic which i think is gaining some traction but it's still not talked about enough mm-hmm. or usually age discrimination has been talked more in the context of a lot of people don't want to or are discouraged to put like their age in their CVs because the perception is that they might be considered too young or too inexperienced and so on because it is true that a lot of the workforce is getting into the into the workplace at a much younger age today they're also at the age of maybe right after the bachelor's degree they are starting their careers but a lot of the times it's the other way around that a lot of people don't want to put their age on their resume or want to disclose it because they do feel that there might be a perception or a stereotype which makes the recruiter think that yeah maybe this person is too old or not too digital enough not too tech savvy enough to keep up with the latest trends and i think i hope that this is something which also gets more light and is talked about more and currently i mean there are a lot of diversity and inclusion initiatives going on right probably also within facebook there are a lot of diversity trainings and webinars going on how do you think that we can make the diversity movement sustainable and something which will last for some time and will have a lot of investment and the right the right messages across it i think now it's like a good start with all like the trainings that they are doing yeah. but i feel they like like a personal part like more empathy maybe because most 
from what I'm seeing, most of the trainings are like digital and you just read something, right? Yeah. And they put like examples of, yeah, you know, like women face these struggles in the workplace. Yeah. And, you know, this is like a story of this person. And then at the end, you have like a few questions, right? And yeah. what you should do in this case. And the answers are like very obvious and all of that, right? And you can just click next, next, next. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I feel people need to hear more maybe from other people like in the workplace, you know, like so that they can relate more to their experience and not so that it doesn't feel like this thing that is far away that doesn't happen like to my coworkers because it happens like to to us as women and to other people that are also like diverse so yeah so I feel it's good that they have trainings and webinars and so on but I also feel they like they lack like this personal empathy part to be more effective and to resonate more with people I think that's a very good point I mean you mentioned earlier that the representation of different groups including women is super important because at the end of the day when you're looking forward or if you're looking for a role model when you're looking for a switch in your career when you're looking for moving into a new team that is kind of you base your first thoughts and your first impression on by seeing how does the current structure look like and i think having a diverse representation is really the first step towards diversity as well you know the theme of the podcast is digitalization and diversity, right? So we touched a bit on the diversity element. And I want to circle a bit back on digitalization because I know that you have been in the digital space for a very, very long time. We have traveled together and I still remember the time when remote work was not the norm and you were still working in very remote parts of the world while traveling on your laptop. And I want to ask you, I mean, you have been digital tent, uh, probably you're one of the persons I know who has tested all kinds of mobile applications and is super fond of digitalization and digital tools. So if you had to choose a digital tool or a piece of technology that has improved your life, what would that be? It can only be one tool which you can choose. Oh, no, I was thinking on two. So Okay, two is fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want this to sound like an announcement or like advertisement, but I really like the portal device. It's like, uh, it's made by Facebook. And it's like this sort of like device that allows you to talk to people, but it don't, you don't have to do anything. It has like a camera and the camera moves when you are moving. So uh-huh. it's really useful to talk to my grandma, for instance, which is not like tech savvy at all. Yeah. So you don't have, she doesn't have to have like the phone in her face all the time. And I only see like her nose or anything. And also you can, it has voice commands. So it's easy for her to just say like, hey, call Ilse and we yeah. are talking. And it's like, it seems very natural, you know? And I think it's really useful for people who is not tech savvy at all. <laughs> okay. It allows for more like natural conversation. So yeah, I got one for free. <laughs> That's why I, I try it and I really like it. Like that experience. It's amazing. Yeah, it um, sounds like it. Yeah, I would I would love to test it out when it's available commercially. Mm-hmm. I also love like balance bots that help me a lot. Like they prevent you from getting like notifications outside like business hours. And I don't know if it happens to you but like to me if I get like a message I need yeah. to see it <laughs> so like if it's work yes. well yeah so it's very difficult for me to ignore it so it helps me keep my head in peace 
when I'm not working and all of that. Otherwise, I think I would be in the computer all day. So, so on what platforms can you get these balance bots? So I think most chats that are used like for working mm-hmm. have those kinds of like bots or features. Okay, so it's kind of like an out of office reply, right? Which mm-hmm. which would be on different platforms saying that yeah, you're out of, you're not available, and then you will be available at a later point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that part has to be digital. Well, very cool examples. <laughs> Looking at your career, I would like to ask you because I think the target audience for this podcast is is mostly a lot of young women, also a lot of the younger generation, especially in the millennial and the Gen Z group, which are just looking to start their careers. They're slowly entering into the workplace. And these are, these are young people from all over the world. And I would like to ask you if there is any advice which you can give to the younger generation, especially women who are exploring a career in tech as an option. Yeah, I would say to reach out to other women in tech. I feel that we are easy to find because we are like tech savvy and all of that. And I feel that relationships such as like friendship and mentorship can develop and they are like such an amazing safety net. Like for instance, I always reach out to you. I feel that I reach out very often, like for advice and questions. And also we met like really early in university, right? So I feel that that helped me a lot. And yeah. also we know like other amazing like women in tech, right? Yeah. Right. So I feel that for me, that has been like amazing help mm-hmm. <laughs> to, you know, what I consider myself to be a successful woman in tech. I yeah. think without all the advice that you and like other friends have provided, it wouldn't be yeah. like. I feel mm-hmm. exactly the same way. I think the network is so important and it's always good to grow the network. And I definitely feel that, I've always gotten very, very good and positive feedback when I've also reached out to other women. They have just been super approachable in general. And I think when I was starting my career, there were definitely less women out there. I think it was the same for you as well. So yes, there were women, but now I do feel that there's so many more women and you can reach out for advice. They have been through the journey. They have faced similar challenges. And I do feel that the advice which they give is usually very practical. And it's based on their real lives, which they have gone through and their journeys. So I would love to continue the conversation, Ilse, but I think we will not end the podcast otherwise. But I do have a closing question for you. So where is it that you see yourself in the future and what's next for you? Yeah, I think I want to keep working like in the corporate world for a few years. And then I want to go back and start like another company again. Mm -hmm. I want to do something like in the travel sector. I really mm-hmm. enjoy traveling a lot. So I think I would like to develop like an idea and a startup base like on traveling needs and pains and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. I wish you all the very best in your journey, Ilse. It was great having you here. Thanks, Adia. I loved being here. Yes, and I hope that we will be able to meet in person very soon. Yeah, I hope that too. <laughs> Cool. So that is it for this week's episode of the Digitalization and Diversity podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to the chat. Stay tuned for the next episode where we further explore how digitalization and diversity impact each other and subscribe to the podcast to get the latest updates on new episodes.